five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your host, Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week? And co-hosts, Dan and Jason. You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story. Okay, look, this year, I'm going to stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond. Okay, welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. This is our Talking Warhammer segment. This is episode number two. I am your host, Justin, and I'm here with two great guests, Sergio Ortiz and Lincoln Tidwell. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yep, thank you. Uh, let's uh, introduce our guests a little bit. Sergio, you are a competitive player. We started playing against each other several years ago. Uh, you were at my first tournament that I ever played at, and I barely lost to you thanks to that stupid Guardian of Souls with the Lantern that prevented my charges from getting in there. Um, but we had, uh, we, we, we've had some great games over the years uh, against each other. And um, let's see, you competed in the ITC last season. How did you do last season? Um, I finished 13th, so I had a good good finish. I wanted to That's a great end top finish, 10. buddy. Yeah, I wanted to end top 10, but just shy of that. But you know, just more goals for next next this coming season, right? And if I'm not mistaken, you got did you get best IDK? Uh, I did. Deepkin? I did. Not a lot of people were competing, so it was a little bit of a shoe in But hey, I'll take my uh, I'll take the trophies where I can get them. It's well deserved, my friend. Like, um, there's a reason that I think a lot of people aren't playing Idenith Deepkin right now, and we'll get into that when we do a little bit of deep dive into into the army, but. Um, I don't think it's the easiest army to play for a beginner, you know, not like a Stormcast. And so, you know, that's probably why the field wasn't too deep. But the fact that you got 13th um, in the ITC circuit for, you know, the last season, I think is very admirable. How did you do with uh, LVO? I ended 22nd, um, so with a 4-1 record. So it was good. That's awesome. Did you go 4 and then 1, or did you go, like, how was your win-loss uh, breakdown? I lost my third game on define on the the first day, and uh, okay. it was to the uh, Phoenician player who ended up uh, going six and one, I believe. Yeah, he won his first game in the top eight, so you know, I lost to a good player. Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, yeah, that sounds that sounds great. Uh, Lincoln, you are also a pretty competitive player. You uh, tend to play a lot of uh, tournaments around here in the Mid Atlantic and Northeast, though, right? Yep, yep. I, I try to do, um, every year I try to do Adepticon, that's in yeah. Chicago, and then I usually sometimes do Nova begrudgingly, um, <laughs> because I think the price support is terrible. But other than that, the people there are great, right? Um, the runners are great, and the people that play are great. And then um, we usually do the American Team Championship, where me and a handful of friends go down, and uh, it's usually, I think, in Tennessee. We do, I was going to uh, say, isn't it in Nashville or something <clears throat> yep, like that? Yep, it's great. You know, we've, we've actually won that every year, I think, except for one. Um, so we've done pretty good as a team. And then I try to play at my local GTs when I can. Um, I don't play it. I'm not the guy who can play enough to try to be, like, number one um, in the ITC. 
but I'm going to be that guy that's going to try to ruin your record. So watch out. He's definitely, Lincoln is definitely a spoiler. And, and uh, we're going to talk about list building today. And I'm glad that Lincoln's on here because, Lincoln, you find some pretty creative lists that people are not ready for. Yeah, you know, they're sure. definitely not the meta list. And, I, Met- and um, that's one of the things that I definitely want to dive into today sure. because um, those are the kind of lists that will wreck your big tournament. Right. You know, my favorite thing is to take something that everybody says is terrible and then beat them with it. That's my <laughs> that's my favorite thing to do. Absolutely. Very good, very good. So, uh, before we get really started, Sergio, are you working on anything? What's on your hobby table, buddy? Absolutely nothing right now. I um, <laughs> nice. I rushed. I rushed. So I've been working on the Idaneth army. That's the one army that I played this whole past season. Yeah. And uh, I got it to a three color. Uh, minimum standard and by three color I mean three base coats of nice <laughs> and I played that it, it got me through every tournament but for LVL I was like you know they have a um, they have a rubric so I'll add some shades to it and whatnot so I rushed the paint job on the, the month before LVO and then since then I just been <laughs> chilling on hobby nice so I know that um, the last Nova Open, like I like killed myself that week before trying to get all of my uh, chain rasps and everything painted up, and you know, like because I was still tinkering with my list up until like maybe a week before the tournament when you had to turn in your list, yeah. and so like I ended up you know like just crunching like every night up to like one or two in the morning like painting like the new units that I was adding to my thing, and I remember like between that and playing like 11 different matches at Nova Open because I played the doubles, I played the RTT, I played the Grand Tournament, you know? When I got done, when I got done that week, I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. And I don't think I touched a Warhammer model for like two months. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, I just didn't play because I'm like, I've got to take a break. You know? (laughs) No, I I definitely get it. I definitely get that. That's kind of where I'm at right now. But um, I don't know. It's it's at a, the, the Army's at a good spot where I if I start adding highlights and stuff, um, I can push it to a high level. So I've been thinking about it, but that's where I'm at thinking about it. All right. Very good. What about you, Lincoln? What you working on? Um, so I, I've i always wanted a Blood Knight army. So I started uh, Soul Blight, I guess it's probably about two months ago. And it's uh, taken me two months to get everything built. And then I've got my Prime on about 90% of the, mod- the models with some Xenothal highlights. And then I started base coating my, uh, my Blood Knights just recently. So... We've nice. got a pretty unconventional Blood Knight list, which I think is pretty great. And I think they're awesome. Um, I don't know. If they're, they're definitely not S-tier, right? But uh, you can have a lot of fun with them. And I don't want to play hordes. So all you yeah. guys moving 200 models around the table, <laughs> knock yourself out, right? Are, <laughs> are you kind of glad Are you kind of glad that AOS 3.0 has kind of gotten away from hordes? I mean, like, there's still some armies that can put some out there, like the zombie army and stuff like that. But for I the most when part, I came out of my mother's womb, I said, MSU! Literally on my way out because that's <laughs> that is definitely my preferred playstyle. Awesome, awesome. I've been um, just crashing on a ton of Warcry stuff, so I'm painting up like the, I don't know if you guys saw the Red Harvest box that came out with the terrain that had like the the mill and kind of like this the people call it the um, the bobsled shoot, but it's really like a sluice of like you know metal stuff that's coming out. So I've been painting up that terrain for it, and it's looking pretty awesome. Um, it's really cool because it's like very multi-layered, which is awesome in skirmish games. So um, doing that, but then as I paint this, right, like it gets really tedious at times. 
And so I'm looking at the other models I have built and primed, and I'm like, hmm, I wonder what color scheme would look on that, you know? And so it's totally like that meme with the dude looking at the girl with his girlfriend on the other side. Where it's like, you know, Warcry Terrain's my girlfriend, and I'm looking at, like, other models like, hmm, I wonder what color scheme I should do with that one. So, mm-hmm. you know, like, I, I just need to finish the one I got. I You know, I just got to finish it out. So, uh, it's pretty good. So, uh, yeah, so let's talk, guys, let's talk um, Idenith Deepkin. So, Idenith Deepkin is a water elf army who has no souls is that basically the best like summary of their lore mm. so they were created by teclas yep right uh thrown away and i think uh, sort of saved by slanesh is that right sergio i think something um, something to they, that effect yeah they like uh they were flawed and so teclas threw them away so they uh they just re- retreated to the the depths of the oceans to get away from Teclas's wrath, basically. Right. And uh, they got no souls, and so they just go around raiding whatever coastal settlements uh, for souls and slaves. They're, they're slave drivers. Nice. Okay. Uh, they played a huge part in the Broken Realms books, right? Especially like the Marathi books. Um, there's like a big war that was going on with some of Marathi's forces and they're trying to stop her and she was trying to steal their, like, uh, I think that they, I think that she, or they attacked an, Idenith, the, sorry, the daughters of Cain attacked an Idenith Deepkin stronghold to, um, steal their lantern that gathered souls, right? And that allowed her to get the soul energy she needed to ascend to godhood, so... Um, they were kind of featured up in front in the sort of the breaking of the 2.0, AOS 2.0 lore stuff and moved it into the AOS 3.0, which they ended up getting some interesting rules updates during that time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they got some excellent uh, updates, actually. The, really, uh, really good. Yeah, yeah the Eidolons both got updated. The Storm one in particular became like a linchpin of the army. Uh, Lincoln definitely knows about the shark updates. I mean, <laughs> you were, so, I remember I remember specifically that uh, uh, the boys 2019, I think, is when I drove up with you guys. Yeah, yeah. And um, on the ride home, the, the boys is like a seven-hour drive. And so on the ride home, it's just me and Lincoln because I think we dropped off everybody else. I'm a horrible passenger because I would just fall asleep no matter what. And so Lincoln's just talking my head off, and I can't fall asleep. And Lincoln's just talking and talking about sharks. These sharks are going to be great. No one has seen these sharks coming. And so <laughs> I, I knew these, that Lincoln had lots of sharks. And so this update came around. And uh, sure enough, you were the first person I saw to, to pull out that all shark list that was – I mean, actually, it's a great list. It's a really good list. So, so what yeah. was the update to the sharks? <clears throat> so they changed their shooting. They gave them more shooting. And um, they, they took away one of their combat profiles and gave them more rend on their other profiles. So um, their points went up a little bit. So the initial list I had had 11 sharks in it, which is just crazy. Right? It's so much fun. Because the key with Deepkin, right, is you can only shoot the closest Deepkin unit to the unit that's shooting. Right. So I could throw one sacrificial shark out in front of, like, Marathi and the Bow Snakes, and they have to kill that shark with all their shots, right? And then the rest of the army, I've got ten sharks on Marathi and the Bow, the, you know, the bow Snakes just shooting the crap out of them. And yeah. uh, it's actually a pretty easy win for Deepkin, um, which is Marathi and the Bow Snakes, as an example, is a pretty hard army to deal with traditionally. But with right. uh, Deepkin and Deepkin shooting, 
It's really not too bad. Um, and now, so I went from 11 to 9 after the after the update, and the sharps were better. And now I'm going from 9 to 7, <laughs> right, for the points. Yeah. Because yeah. the points just keep going up and up and up. But uh, the rumor, right, I guess not rumor, but there, uh, there's a way you can take them as battle lines. So you may see an all-shark and a character army. <laughs> we'll see. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to, to go with the 3.0 update. But... Yeah. Um, Sharks are strong. They, I think, I think that they always have been really strong, and especially when they were 100 points, very underutilized in the meta. But um, now everybody knows about them because they're making them even better. But they're definitely paying for it. They're a lot more expensive points wise. So yeah, the 2.0 meta was very focused on the eels, right? Um, yeah. You saw a lot of eels spam, um, just because they had the um, what was it, the shock ability that could yeah. do the D3 mortal wounds. Um, yep. per per model, right, or something yep. like that. Yep. So. Unre un unrendable, right? Unrendable, and uh, the charging with uh, you know plus three to your charge coming off the board edge. Um, yeah. And you could you could stack it. Lots of things that you could do. Eels were definitely the way people play Deepkin in two dot mm -hmm. Um, and then uh, but Sergio, you were playing them in two dot right, with your Reavers too, right? Uh, no, I the. The very first tournament I did for uh, 2.0 was the the Atlantic City Open, which was the first tournament post-COVID that we were allowed to do. Right. Um, and I ran, I think, 18 eels. I ran an all-eel list, basically. It was, my, it was my first foray into it, and I ran an all-eel list in that. And then I ran it an all-eel all list again for Summer Slaughter and uh, quickly realized that was not the way to go anymore. Yep. So what what there. changed? I mean, like, what really changed with like the all eel list? Because I mean, that thing was like, like people were terrified of that list. Um, the price of the the price of the attack eels went up. Okay. Well, everything everything went up in three point right? Um, yep. Yeah. But the uh, attack eels in particular went up way too much, and then people started figuring out, you know, um, on, on top of that, they had minus two rent which was really strong in 2.0, but with save stacking in 3.0, that minus two rend basically became, it felt like minus one rend, and it just wasn't as powerful anymore. Right, yeah. So um, they just couldn't punch the way they used to punch, and they were very, very, they were priced as, you know, heavy cav, and so you just had to find other ways to, uh, other units to get what you needed out of the army, do which you feel was like the, Yeah, do you feel like the price of the eels is about right, or do you think they're too expensive right now? I think they're too expensive right now. Yeah, um, I think 195 is too. Much. I think 175 would be okay. Yeah, okay. I, think that, yep. I agree. Yep. Yep. And that's a, that's 175 for a unit of three, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 195 is just too much. Yep, yeah. For I mean, you have uh, you have what two dragons for 340. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> you can't even reinforce the eels. Um, you know, like I don't know, it's just not worth the points right now. Um, so, so what about some of the battle line stuff? I know Sergio, you're running a, a bunch of reavers and thralls or, or just one or the other. I can't remember. Uh, so basically after summer slaughter, I, uh, Nate Trentinelli was actually the first one who, uh, brought up the idea of reavers. And, um, at first I kind of laughed off the idea cause it was a lot of, it was like Cunning Ruck in 1.0, if you guys remember that, with the Bone Splitters just shooting tons and tons. You yeah. get lots of uh, one-damage shots, basically. Right. And so um, I didn't think it would work. I tried out a block of 30 at one tournament, and it worked great. 
And so I was like, all right, well, I'll turn a, a block of 30 into 50 of them and we'll see how that goes. And then the uh-huh. final iteration of the list became I wanted to fit 30 Reavers and four Sharks because the Sharks were also they were just too good bang for your buck. And, um, and eventually the you could just with Deepkin, you could fit a lot of minus two rend, a lot of weight of dice um, and quality damage as well. So you could do a little bit of everything. So, so what I want to get into some of the combos that, that you guys are discovering with um, Adnit Deepkin, but like, let me back it up a little bit. Like, what kind of an army is Adnit Deepkin? Would you say? Is it like, uh, is it a horde army? Is it an elite army? Mm-hmm. Is it is it is it a shooty one? Is it a tanky one? I mean, like like for example, Nurgle Nurgle is like a, a tanky like tar pit army, you know. Yeah. Um, and I would say like, like a night hunt, for example, is a, uh, semi tar pit because of their, you know, lack of Ren, but they're very maneuverable army. So like what, what kind of army is Idnathikim play as? You're up, Serge. I gotta say, uh, I mean, me and, uh, Lincoln's list played really differently, but, yeah. uh, it's, it's a, um, it's a hit and run army. Okay. Um, they can put out a lot of damage uh, at one time, especially with the always strikes first round that Deep can get, yeah. which is a holdover from, you know, what is that, 1.0, 2.0, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, 2.0, I think, right? Yeah. They can't. They don't take a hit. They're, they're glass cannon for sure, but with the with shooting armies only being able to shoot one unit for, with one of their units, um, you neuter shooting army, you neuter shooting armies altogether. Um, yeah. You're super fast, and you can put out a lot of damage. So it's a fine- it's definitely a finesse army. Uh, you can't okay. get hit back. Uh, that's what how I, that's how I would describe it. Yep, I think uh, it is an army. So there's not a lot of armies out there that are good at both melee and shooting. Okay, yeah. and I think that Deepkin has the ability to be exceptionally good at melee, but they cannot take a hit back. Right. So kind of like I would say it's very similar to what, how Corn actually plays right now, which is pretty terrible, right? Unless they hit you first, right? Right. So if you're gonna play a, a combat-oriented deepkin army, you can't. You're gonna unless it's the always strikes first round. You really don't want more than one combat at a time, right? Because once I hit you, I can't afford for you to hit another unit of mine that made a second charge, because chances are there's gonna be nothing left for them to swing. When it's their turn to go, they're all going to be dead. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Right. So because of that, you can hit really hard. Right? Eels can still charge in, boom. Right. They can still do good damage. The turtle can do good damage. Uh, you've got the eidolons. They can do good damage. Right. Thralls can do amazing damage if they do it right. But you can't have. You have to really control your charges, and so that's hard to do. Right. So I would say they are currently, currently, I think they are a better shooting army than they are a combat army. But I do think that you can play them combat. You just have to be very conservative in the way you play them when the turn isn't to your advantage. Which is really funny because, like, if anyone had played 2.0, the idea of them being a shooting army is kind of hilarious. Right? right? Because, it's like, the eels, like, weren't really the shooty, the shooty units of the, of the army. Right. Right? So. Um, no, no, no shooting. 
Yeah, no shooting. No shooting. Um, but you would run like those monster eel lists, and so so you didn't have uh, you know the shooting from the the foot uh, the uh, reavers, right? It's the reavers right. that shoot. Yep. Right. Yep. And yep. and you weren't shooting from sharks because nobody was running a shark. I mean, if right. you brought a shark to a thing, people would kind of laugh at you. Right. Like, okay, dude. <laughs> right. You know. Um, so yeah, I I think it's interesting because it is a finesse army. Um, if you were starting out. Would you recommend this army to like a brand new player? Uh, personally, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I would say it, if, if they're okay losing, right? Yeah. At, at yeah. the end of the day, right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I this sounds terrible, right? But I pride pride myself on being a guy who doesn't mind losing a game, right? And so, yeah. if you can play a game of Warhammer and you're okay losing, you then you could play. You know what I mean? You can start Deepkin as your first army. Yeah. Right. Because there's going to be you're going to get punched a lot before you a figure lot. how you, before you figure out how to punch back. You know what I mean? Yep. yep. But uh, you know you got to be in a lot of fights to know how to fight, right? I mean that's kind of like the, that's how that goes. So if you want to be you're committed, you like the lore, you like the models, you know, jump in the water's fine, right? No pun intended, right? But, <laughs> I think there but, was a pun intended, but maybe maybe <laughs> there was, right? But um, you got to be okay taking those shots, and if you do it, you'll come out on top. I think for sure. Yeah, they paint them beautifully as well. Uh, yes. So yeah, they do you, absolutely. It, They're very cool models. I I, yeah. I like them a lot. And um, the uh, I was gonna say, you know, the the interesting thing is that um, you you know you're you're gonna you're gonna probably fail a lot, like you said, um, with it, which is okay. I mean, again, if you're okay losing, you're just gonna learn from it, right? And and be better at it. But if you're looking to go out there and see success right away, I don't know if Idenith Deepkin is the is the right list for you. Yeah. It you took know. me it took me a good part of the season to like ramp up and really learn the army. Um, yeah. I went out and did four and one at Atlantic City, you know, taking the first time out for tournament. But that was I think more of the power of the army. That was, you know, eel spam and all that. And then um, I went three and two the next two tournaments, just trying to find my way with the army. And eventually, yeah. I, I settled on a good build and learned what they can, what kind of punishment they can take, what they can't. You know, um, it took it took me a while to get my hands on the army. Well, it's funny you say that, right? That you went like four and one, then three and two, and then three and two, right? Like, I think I think our listeners need to understand that like Sergio is a really like good general. You know, like you've been, you've played uh, Legion of Nagash for a really long time, and um, I don't know, did you play have another army before LON? No, no. I mean, I, I played Death the entire time. Deepkin yeah, was my so. first uh, non-Death army. Okay, yeah. So you played, you played Death for a really long time, right? And like you kind of, you you um, have understood like Age of Sigmar from the get-go, and so. It's funny that you're like, oh, I'm trying to find my way, and I still went three and two at like a major. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> kind of funny because like I would take like my orcs and go to like an RTT and be like, this is the first time playing this list. Oh, and three, even though like the army should have probably gone at least like one and one and two, you know. <laughs> so um, that's I, I think that's more a testament to your your general generalship of the uh, of the army, Sergio, that you still like had a bad tournament and went three and two. You know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Like the first time I met Sergio, I think he was playing his Night Haunt, and he killed me too. So I, I think yeah. I was—I don't remember what I was playing, but it was it. That was at Du Bois a couple of years ago, right? 
years yeah, ago. Yeah, so. yeah, that, yeah, I remember that divorce actually. Yeah, that was, yeah, you're right. I didn't even know that we were from That's the same That's how Sergio area. meets all of his friends, right? He just beats him at Warhammer first. Yeah. And then, you know. <laughs> Something <laughs> like that. I'll, I'll go with that story. <laughs> so, um, so what kind of combos do you guys find that work well with Idenith Deepkin? Like, um, you know, there's usually there's some linchpin support characters out there that give you, like, buffs to um, Rend or extra attacks or something like that like what kind of combos are working right now with idk so i'll throw out i'll throw out one um this is an idk thing in general and nobody's doing it so write that write it down right and that is you and it doesn't have to be just a deepkin army but you take the shark with the net launcher as an ally unit and remember the shark has a rule that if he hits you don't get the you don't get to pile in so you can do um, Unleash Hell as a shark, as an ally in like, you know, a Stormcast army, for example. And it keeps your opponent from piling in on your dragons. I didn't say that out loud, but wow, <laughs> really, really strong um, for, for a, uh, an anti-charge, right? For an opponent in another army as an ally unit, the, uh, the Alapexes. Can't you saw it? You still got a roll, right? It's going to be on a four plus, right? Because it's minus one for the charge, right? Yeah. But there's lots of things that you could do to to, to fix that too, right? By having like a you know a, um, a hurricaneum nearby, depending on the army you're playing with, right? You could make that even better too, potentially. But on a four plus, knowing your opponent can't pile in, right? Is it can be potentially a huge thing, and, Dude, and, and, a, and the, the unit on its own. Is really good, so it isn't like it. It's a waste of points if you don't get the four plus. It's still an amazing unit. So it's, I think, yeah, it's the it's the shark version of the sloppity bile bopper or whatever that Nurgle unit's right. name is, right? Right, right. But it also shoots. It also bites. It has rend, right? It can right. move yeah. fourteen inches. It's got eight wounds and a four up save, right? It's it's a really good unit. But um, actually, no, it has ten wounds now, right? With the update. Yep. So. You know, imagine imagine dropping <clears throat> um, some of those Stormcast Annihilators, right? That are just yep. like tanky, tanky dudes yep. that can that can deliver a hit, but they don't move for crap, right? right? But you drop those onto an objective, and you drop that shark near them, or you have him move basically across the board <laughs> well, near he can, them. He can move 14 and exactly. he can run, right? Because yeah. the shot you're worried about, right, is going to be when they charge you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. Yep. So you drop them near them, and like all of a sudden, like that objective's not going anywhere. Right. So it's a, you know? so so I mean that's one unit I think that that it's it's a combo on its own. It really is, yeah. and you can you can play it that you can play it smart like that in Deepkin, and a lot of people are excited about the the uh, Alapex, and rightfully so because the the regular the harpoon shots got so much better, right? But um, I think the the net having one or two nets in your army. Um, as a deepkin player, is a really really good idea. One is probably enough, but um, uh, having it in an ally army is really great as well. So there you go. There's one. That's awesome. That's cool. awesome. What about you, Sergio? What combos are you um, are you seeing with the with this army right now? Um, so are we including the uh, the new box that just that just came out or not? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So the the new box that just came out. So we're in between rules right now. We have uh, the old book, the new box set rules, and we know a new book is coming out in two weeks. But right. in between this time, um, 
a friend I know, John Anderson, has uh, podium twice, I think, in, with the, during this in-between time at two separate tournaments. Um, because basically they've increased Reavers to 170 from 115. <laughs> so it's a, it's a hell Huge of a price jump. jump. Yeah. 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 yeah, no kidding. But what they've double. Done, yeah, what they've done is they've, um, they've made it more reliable. So they've changed it to... Before the Reavers had uh, three shots at eight uh, nine inch range. Okay. Um, now they've condensed it to two shots, but it's always eighteen inch range at a three up, three up, minus one rent, one damage. Wow. So um, right now in Ideneth, if you include an idol of the storm, uh, it's an eighteen inch bubble of plus one to wound. That's a, that's combat and shooting. So uh, that's the Reavers are on threes and twos now. That's um, that plus one to wound is stupid powerful. Oh, it's incredible, especially with uh, a oh, unit like so Sharks, who are, you know, are threes and twos, and then in Futhane, rerolling ones to wound as well. Yep. And so yeah. um, and so then you're at threes and twos with the Reavers, two shots apiece. And then you include a Turtle, uh, so you don't have to spend a CP, and the Turtle gives a 12-inch bubble of plus one to hit. So the oh, Reavers okay. in the Futhane Enclave right now are twos or only ones, and twos, minus one rend, minus one, rend, one damage. Um, and so they're just putting out tons of quality. I mean, it's guaranteed damage. You can just math out exactly how much damage you're going to do to whichever unit you pick at 18 inch range. Um, and so the, the turtle plus the Eidolon are giving that buff to thralls, which are also got, which also got a huge buff, um, right. that with the two inch range now right. yeah. and, um, and sharks and anything else that you include in the army. So right. I think these in between rules right now are pretty bonkers. I, you know, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves with the, uh, I guess, in the topics, but I don't see how the <laughs> Ideneth book can get any better than right. it currently is right now. Because right now you are stopping shooting with Forgotten Nightmares. Right. You are striking first. You are getting shooting at 18-inch range that are on twos and twos. Combat that's at twos and twos. Yeah, you know, like you just, I don't, besides Mortal Wounds, there's nothing that the army lacks. And remember the way because I, I think you're right in that this between books is very dangerous because right now if you're playing all the rule sets right you also get to run and shoot turns one three and five yep. right which means those reavers it's not 18 inch range right their base movement is eight right so that's oh talking 26 inch range oh my and, they, and they can run right so technically it's 32 inch range turns one three and five yep. right so yeah. uh, you know that yeah <laughs> now having said that right we haven't seen what the new um uh war scrolls the new the new um was it the clans the sub allegiances are gonna be right so turns one three and five might not be run and shoot anymore right we don't mm -hmm. know what what they're gonna change the new book to so currently you can have Lincoln. it all if they let you play everything you can have it all you can have everything you've ever wanted with deepkin for yep. two more for two more weeks two more weeks right? yeah yeah, yeah. Maybe Lincoln. longer if the Roxy. Uh, if the FAQ. Roxy's going crazy, Lincoln. That's my hound dog, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so let's uh, you. I mean, you guys got you guys kind of brought it up, and and I think um, you know, I'm listening to you guys talk about the abilities of Ideneth Deepkin, and I'm sitting here thinking like, how are they not winning more tournaments right now? You know, and um, do you think it's because not a lot of people play them? Because I don't see a lot of IDK lists out there when you look at I mean, you're seeing, like, 
tons of Stormcast right now. You're seeing a bunch of Orcs. You're seeing a bunch of Soul Blight, Soul Blight Grave Lords. You know, you're seeing kind of like some of these bigger meta armies. Mm-hmm. And but IDK man, right right now, do you, would you consider IDK S tier right now or A tier? Uh, I'd say high B. Yeah. High B. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting. I, I, I would say they're like an eight out of ten. Yep. Okay. You know, um, I think that you can play them and you can beat an S tier army. Yeah. I do yeah. think it's absolutely possible. But I could just go down. You know, you know, you can't go to your local hobby shop, find some guy playing Deepkin, and expect him to win his games because that's just not going to happen. Right. Right. Yep. right. He's gonna, he's, Sergio's put in a lot of game time. Right. To be. Yep. To be able to play and win with Deepkin all the time, right? He really—I mean, Sergio wins with Deepkin almost all of the time. Yeah, and he's put in—I don't—I'm asking how many games he's played, but he's put in lots and lots of games of Deepkin, right. dialing in his specific list, right, so that he can win. Um, it's something so, you definitely got to yeah. work for, man. You definitely got to work for it. But I do think that with the new book, uh, pun intended, here they're going to ride the wave of the new army, right? They're going to flavor, flavor, <laughs> flavor of the month, right? They're going to—they're going to get their time in the sun for sure. So, I mean, I guess this goes back to the glass cannon thing, right? Where it's it's really easy to deal out the damage, but it's not easy to take the damage. And so if you're not a solid general understanding that fact, you're going to take a lot of punishment. Right. You know, you'll deal it out in turns one and a little bit. But if you're not careful, like you could you could be tabled like in round three. Right. I mean, what's the armor save of a uh, of a reaver? Five? Five up. Yeah. Right, right? yeah. <laughs> and there ain't no after save, folks. There's no ward savior, right? Yeah. So, Sir, Sergio, of your army list, how many of those models in your army have a five up armor save? Um, I'd say 75% of my army. Right, right. Yeah. 75% of his army is rolling with t shirts on, right? I mean, yep. it's like, you know, a t shirt, I guess, a six up save. But they've got a five up save. Nearly all of his army is a five-up save, so you have yeah. to play it right. You have to be able to control your charges. You need to be redeploying. You got to have stuff out in front that can take the hit, so the guys behind him can do the shots. Right? That's yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of a lot of playing to get it right. Yeah. All right. So before we talk about the book coming out, what is your favorite model of this range? <laughs> What's Roxy's favorite model? <laughs> um, I'll go first since uh, Lick is going to take care of that. Um, uh, I think this is a hard choice because the turtle has was a lot of fun to paint. Yeah, um, I found a good tutorial online. I followed that tutorial to the T, and it, it came out great. The Eidolon is they, they, the army just paints up great. I'm not going to lie. It does. Um, it looks but, really cool. Even like doing the, I had to do 50 reavers. That was, I hate doing hordes. I've done hordes all throughout AOS yep. with, you know, legions and a gash, but I did it. And, uh, but these are really, this is an old line in Age of Sigmar, one of the original lines. And the reavers and the thralls look excellent. Like they, they have such dynamic poses. So I don't know. I just, the, the whole line looks great to me. I'd probably, probably say the Eidolon or the Turtle though. Okay, I you know it's interesting because I didn't realize that it was that old. I thought it was um, like a mid 2.0 army. I didn't realize that it was one of the originals. Yeah, you probably you might be right. <laughs> I don't know. I just it, I, th- I remember it being. It's been out since like I gotta say like 2017. I think it's it's a really old book. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Lincoln? What's your favorite uh, model in the range? Um, my favorite model. Come on now. It's got to be Lotan, ladies. <laughs> right? Come on. The no, octopus. He's got an octopus, man. Come on. No. 
Uh, um, I'm only half kidding. I actually really do like that model. And, uh, like, he's, he's 75 points, and he's worth it if you need a character. He's got a built-in 5 aboard save, right? And uh, reroll ones. He's a good guy. Nobody plays with him, but uh, I'm a proponent of bad things, right? I said that before. Um, I think he's pretty pretty good. I I like the sharks. That's I kind of they built my army awesome. around the sharks, right? Yeah. I mean, I get to play a freaking shark in Warhammer. How cool is that, right? Yeah, so. that's pretty awesome. I'd rather play sharks than dinosaurs. Sorry, Seraphon right. players. Right. Yeah. Right. Get right. right. <laughs> yeah. That that is a line that has not aged well. Right. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. <laughs> seriously. Although, have you seen the um? Have you seen the uh, like Underworlds models for the Seraphon? No. Like, oh man, they look amazing. Like, and I mean, that's all like Underworld stuff, right? With yeah. the like the custom sculpts, like yeah. the skeletons looked amazing, and that uh, that whole line I think is is gonna hopefully someday get revamped. I mean, I was listening yeah. to Honest Wargamer over the weekend, and I think he said that uh, you're better off making a salamander out of clay than you are buying GW's ugly sculpts. <laughs> Something like that because they're so terrible. They look so bad. They're I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of uh, 3D printing as well. So there's yeah. there's a and lot there's of some, good uh, lizard sculpts out ones, there. Yeah. Yep, totally. Yep, yep. Totally. Um, all right. So let's talk about the book. Uh, so the book is up for pre-order this next Sunday, right? And um, that means that you'll have it in your fleshy little hands the Saturday after. So we're looking at about two weeks from where we're recording this. Um, what is, what is your wish list for this book? And then we'll get to like what your greatest fears of what <laughs> may be in this book will be. So what's your wish list right now? What do you, what do you want to see in there? So I, I, if I could wish whatever I want, yeah, we'd have some kind of crab unit, man, like crab, crab cavalry or crab warriors, something else besides sharks and eels. They did have the one crab in the Underworlds models, right? That they had, like, like a, the Dune Claw is what it was called. Yeah, he was voted uh, second best model of the year, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's like, like a crab? That was amazing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Would be sweet is, like, if you had a crab, like, like a crab unit, like, their movement was terrible, but if you put them on an objective, they could, like, get like instra instant like uh extra save if they dug in they buried in or something like that you know and they could like like some kind of teleport or something as well that would be pretty cool yeah man that'd be awesome like they could dig into the sand and then pop up somewhere else yep 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 i don't know there's just so many cool uh sea monster ideas they could go with you know like um and then they haven't even explored you know sea peoples you know besides i mean they're all elves but like like mer people or fish people or something like that, you know. I don't know. So There's, do you think? A... Do you think that they're going to come out with some more model? I I have, they haven't teased any models, so I'm I'm not thinking that they're going to come out with any new like models as part of the book release or anything like that, right? Yeah, I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um. So like in terms of like um like abilities or you know sub faction abilities or things like that like what 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 would you like to see? I know earlier you said for example Sergio like a big thing that's lacking in the army is the ability to do mortal wounds. Yeah, actually yeah. Um a consistent way to do mortal wounds would really round out the army. Um I don't see always strikes first going into the next book. I I think that's going to get the boot. But I just pray that the um, the Forgotten Nightmares rule will stay. As long as that stays, then the army like keeps some of its soul from the previous iteration. Yep. 
So if they get rid of that, like how how bad does your list kind of fall apart right now, Sergio? Um, I don't know if it falls apart, but it it it's it just succumbs to the normal things that every other list does. So you yeah, know, these, your your heroes get picked off by long strikes. Um, your uh, things can split their attacks into you. Like that's that's the most powerful thing about Deepkin is that. If, you, if your opponent's army has one unit of Sentinels, 30 Sentinels, yeah. that Sentinels can only kill five units in the entire game. They're just limited to one, killing one unit per, per shooting phase. So right. you, they're on a time, they're, you know, they're, they're on a, a ticking time. And so um, unless the opponent army has tons or multiple uh, different uh, shooting units, then they're just so limited. It's, it's, a, it's, it's incredibly powerful. That particular rule is it's awesome so with that yeah go ahead i I played against a a sentinel list at uh, summer slaughter and just housed it because i fed it one shark and then the rest of the sharks shot that unit on my turn and then charged it and it was over i mean that's it's a really good anti-shooting shooting army yep yeah Joe, uh, I don't know, if, but I think Joe must have told you as well, Lincoln. But he said you were the hardest. That's the uh, that's the tournament. Uh, Summer Slaughter was the tournament that Joe Cryer went five and zero with the Fox list. Yep. And uh, he said you were his hardest game yeah, uh, sure. out of the whole. T- and what that was the first time you had brought out in three three right? That was the first tournament you had done for three point oh. Right. That was, that was my very first three point oh tournament ever. Which and I took sharks right, which I've been meting my. My own meta, right, for a long time. But yeah. actually putting it on the table and playing it the first time in 3.0 was that tournament, yeah. Yeah, that was a great list. So what about you, Lincoln? Do you think that they're going to get rid of the always strikes first? I, so, uh, I mean, I guess does that mean, so, Sergio, that they're going to get rid of the whole tides thing? I think they're going to give us new tides. Yeah. I think they're going to okay. mix it up. Um, because the army – so let's talk about, like, why do the tides exist, okay? Right? Why is there an always strikes first tide? And I think it's an answer to the glass hammer, right? When you have yeah. an army, like I said, you can't handle being punched back. You've got to give them some the ability to deal with that that um, you know that problem that they've got, that weakness that they have. And I think the uh, the always strikes first round, um, which is the uh, the high tide, I think that is why it's in there. So I think that will still be there. Um, it'll probably be called high tide, but it might be in a different order, right? And right now, with Futhin and the switching, flipping the tides around with the tide caster, I actually expect that all of that's probably going to go away. Um, I think that uh, I think they're just going to change it. I think it's going to be very different. Right now, all deepkin players rely on those tides being in the order that they're in, mm-hmm. and/or they rely on the fact that you can flip the tides and play them backwards. Almost all competitive Deepkin players are playing that way right now. Um, but that's also the only reason that the Tidecaster is even taken in an army. Right, Sergio? Yeah, I yeah mean, absolutely. Which is one thing I want to add in there that I wish. Right? Let, these are Teclas' babies, and where the hell's the magic? Right? Like, that's what they could be adding to this is some amazing magic ability in the mm. army to give them magic. Because right now... You know, you've got the Eidolon, the Eidolon, who can cast, and he's not that amazing, right? And then you've got the uh, the Tidecaster, who, other than, you know, having a lot of wounds, if I give her the right the right uh, command trait, also isn't that great. So, I think, a, you know, a, a seahorse casting unit or something like that, you know, or <laughs> something. They, there's a lot of things they can do, the fact that these are the children of Teclas, and they, 
they haven't passed a Harry Potter uh, school, you know, class one. Well, maybe because they have no souls, they're just muggles like the rest of us. That's something, right? Yeah. Speak yeah. for yourself, Justin. Speak for yourself. <laughs> oh, dang it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's Wonder awesome. So good. Yeah, well, listen, I will say this, and kind of in closing of our of our Ineth Deepkin chat, um, the army is beautiful. The models are amazing. If you're thinking about getting Ineth Deepkin and investing heavily into models, please wait two weeks until the book comes out. And uh, then you can kind of go from there and see, see how things are. Because... Um, there might be some points increases. There might be some points decreases. Uh, you know, it would be interesting to see if the eels drop down 20 points, like you mentioned earlier, um, to maybe right level that um, and see some of these other ones go up again in points. Although, I wouldn't be too shocked to see if the points stayed roughly around where they are because they just did get a big update in those points too, right? Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll yeah. see. We'll I think, uh, okay. think rerolls are definitely gone. Oh, you I think so, huh? Yeah. I think there's I mean, going to be a lot of things gone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and rerolls go lower right now, and that's just not a thing of 3.0. And so, uh, and... Yeah. Now, um, one thing in 3.0 is, like, what is the turtle the only monster that, that IDK has? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Unless so... you're casting one with your awesome not-so-casting army. Right. You're not yeah, going to have exactly. more than one monster. <laughs> exactly. So did you, yeah. have you found that that's kind of a hindrance, like, in terms of, like, playing in these, you know, Realm of Gur tournaments that, we, that we're, that we you know, currently in right now? Uh, Honestly, the I, turtle is so good that I'm I'm not going to complain about not having multiple monsters. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not cheap, but it's not expensive either, and it yeah. does damage, it buffs you everything, and it gets you monster points, so I can't complain. And it's... And it's hard to kill. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's tough. Yep. And and today, right in Gur, uh, having a um, having a monster on your on the table for your for you is often a risk. Yeah, right? because, it can you know, be a liability. It's, it's, it's right. Points, right? Yeah, liability. Mm -hmm. And uh, the turtle is one of those monsters I feel that is not a liability. Ah. Um, yep. yep. Very good. So. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Cool. Well, thanks for giving us some breakdown on Idnith Deepkin. I'm excited to see what the new book brings us. Um, we did see that in the roadmap of Age of Sigmar, there's two mystery books that are planning to come out. Well, for, before that, we are going to have a um, uh, a Night Haunt, and what was the other book that they announced? Uh, I think Daughters of Cain as well are getting an update. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, Daughters of Cain, a Night Haunt book. I'm really excited about Night Haunt. Um, but we got two mystery books coming out. What is your guys' speculation on those two mystery books? Well, they just did the Beastman, like the Stealth Beastman update, you know? They did. So... I, I thought it was going to be a Beast of Chaos, but I saw that that uh, White Dwarf-like update, yeah. and I'm like, well, there goes that idea. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I, I don't think that would be one of the mysteries, right? Because where's the mystery in that? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely think it's going to be a Chaos Army. Okay. Um, and, uh... And it, probably an undead army. That's that's my guess. So the chaos, I would say, who needs a new book? Corn. Blood for the blood god. Exactly. Yeah. I think corn is is the, is the chaos army that's other than beasts of chaos. Okay. Right. I think they're actually the most due for a book, but this new update they've given them makes it pretty competitive. I guess. Yep. yep. Um. So maybe it's enough. Uh. But corn is in desperate need of a new book, 
in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think the update to the Beasts of Chaos and White Dwarf made them from like F tier to D tier. <laughs> like I don't know, there it's like there's some good updates in there, but like I just I don't know. I'm hearing I'm hearing some scary lists coming yeah, out. You of can the, make uh, some really really. Is it with scary the Doom Bowls out there? Is that what it, it's, it's the a little bit of the Doom Bowls, the Dragon Ogres, the um, what are the their their mid their mid range uh, melee fighters the. The best of course, the best of course as well. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you, that you, that army now has summoning, uh, ambush, the the herdstone, and rent. Yeah, rent galore, rent galore. We're yeah, talking about like gores with rent two, right on yep. turn three, man. If you just Ugh. hold, if you just, I'm not right again. I haven't played them yet. Not even on the army, believe it or not. I have almost every other army, <laughs> but um, the fact that you can hide your gores until turn three. And then just throw them away and destroy your army, your enemy is pretty funny. You know what I mean? Just hold back, hold back, hold back, and then just release them. And yeah. it's just a, you know, it's just going to be a lawnmower, man. That'd be interesting. Uh, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, the is it the Doom Bulls or the Dragon Ogres that count as monsters? I think it might uh, be the prob- Doom Bulls. Prob- yeah. I don't know. No, I have I'm to not sure check. about that. They got yeah. plenty of them, so. Yeah. Um,. Uh, I heard Skaven. That was Matt Barker's. Oh, um, you're right. For, Skaven for the, the Yeah, because yeah. they could. They they made a weird reference that was um, the I mischief, was, right? It was the mischief, mischief. Yeah, the mischief is a is a group of rats, is what it's called. Yep. Okay. And so, if there's somebody clever at GW, and I'm not sure that there is anybody with a clever vocabulary, <laughs> they at sometimes GW, like to get pretty cute with themselves. Right? Though. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if it, that's the case, it could be Skaven. And Skaven's probably due for a book. To be yeah. honest with you, right? They got rid of slaves altogether. Yeah. I'm, and I, somebody told me it's not because they're being politically correct. It's just because Skaven don't really need two crappy combat units, right? So that's why they're yeah. just clan rats. Right. Um, so they definitely they could use some love. They need something besides a great shooting unit and a bunch of crap. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty much what they have right now. So. Well, you know the. Um... The storm vermin are, are not bad. They're just too expensive for what they are. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they, they need some adjustments. Uh, for the order, I'm thinking that um, it's a new a, a new army. Yeah. And and my listeners are probably like, oh, my God, it keeps going on about what? that. Yeah. I think it's going to be the, like, Malarian's Dark Elves. Yes, I know that's coming, but I thought that wasn't coming until later. Because they actually yeah. didn't leak that, right? I think that's yeah, coming. Yeah, I think they said uh, 23, right? Yeah, oh, is that what it's yeah, coming up? Okay. All right, year. all right. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then um, what what order what order armor do you think is going to be? Chaos dwarves. Chaos dwarves. <laughs> chaos, chaos dwarves. They have been they have been teasing chaos dwarves in the lore in every single book that you like, and any map that you look at, they always show the little chaos dwarf uh, fortress in the middle of the ocean. In multiple uh, realms and in multiple books, multiple yeah. lores, right? It, it's everywhere. I'm I'm banking on it. That's funny. Uh, Matt thought Sylvaneth for the Order book, and that sounds decent to me um, because they're struggling a little bit right now. Uh, you know what? I love Matt, and I think it's going to be Daughters of Cain. <laughs> I, I think that's going to be the Order well, book. I think right now Daughters have Marathi, the Marathi Bow Snakes. Yeah. And like that's pretty much it, right? They're not doing a whole lot. They're they're a very dynamic army, right? They can be played very well a lot of different ways, but competitively right now, everybody's playing them the same way. Yeah, they're both snakes, right? Yeah, yep, yep. yep. So, so, 
Yep. Well, we we shall see as we get a little bit closer. I I told you guys that I you know obviously I play Night Hunt, so I'm excited for that. I wonder though if with the Night Hunt release we're gonna get a new season. Um, that that will kick off a new season. And my theory behind that is that um, Night Hunt has no monsters in their army. Right, like the only monster is the Forge World Morngol that they have. Like the Black Coat is not a monster. Right. right. Uh, like they have literally no monsters in their army, and so. Yeah, and so <laughs> the only way, the only way I think for them to be like relevant is to change the season, and maybe it's like a, an Olgu, type of like realm next or something like that, right, and some of their some of their abilities will like shine in the new in the new uh season so yeah that's the, i don't know for me that's like the big hanging question at the moment is we're in gur right we were kind of told that they're going to be changing realms i think every year right something to that effect and they're releasing all these new monster abilities right like they just made freaking dragon's battle line and they're talking about monsters being amazing in Beast of Chaos now. And they're yeah. talking about monsters being, you know, monster, monster, monster. Why would you be doing that a month before you change the realm, right? I don't know. Well, look, but. I I think that that would be kind of hilarious and in keeping with them, like, teasing Beast of Chaos. Like, here you go, Beast of Chaos are going to be awesome for literally three weeks. Like, <laughs> you know? Right. So, like, oh. I, my guess is that they're going to... There's a huge play for monsters. Everybody's playing monsters in their list. It's like monster mash, right, everywhere because yeah. of the bonus points. Um, and like I said, the liability, but usually the bonus points are worth the liability. And um, I think what's going to happen is you're going to end up with a new realm, pick it, the bonus is not going to be monsters, and all these yeah. monster lists. They can still go and win all their games, but at the end of the day, they're going to be down like five or six points in the tournament because that's not that's no longer going to be the bonus. Right, right, right. An all dragon army isn't going to be viable if you want to get max points in a tournament. Yeah. So Sounds I think right. that it's going to be, you know, maybe battle line units or not even that because dragons can do that at the moment. Maybe it could probably it's be like be, a magic user or something like that, right, right? Or it could be a unit that has a banner, a unit that carries a banner, right? Who knows yeah. what it's going to It's going to be something that will exclude monsters, I think. Yeah. Artillery. Right. The season of artillery. Right. Being the, yeah, uh, realm yeah, of, uh, the realm of metal. Uh, it's not a bad idea. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, GW obviously hasn't told us how long these seasons are going to last for, but, you know, we're coming up on a year in a couple of months. On, I thought they had said Gur. that it would change uh, from General's Handbook to General's Handbook. That's what I yeah, thought, Yeah, there too, it is. Yeah. Okay. Which All I right. think is amazing. It keeps it yeah. so fresh. I think it's a great idea. And then yeah. that way you don't have to worry about having to switch out editions every two or three years, right? Yep. Yep. I think it's a really great idea. All yeah. the 40K players that I talked to, they all think it's such a great idea that, you know, 40K should have something like that, you know? Yeah. They, like, they've got their chapter approved, but it doesn't change the whole state of the game. You know? And they could easily do it in 40K where they're just yeah. like, okay, we're going to focus on, like, Octaria sector. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yep. And, uh, or, or, you know, some of these different ones, and there's, you know, different bonuses that happen in each of those different sectors or whatever. So... That'd be cool. All right, well let's uh let's uh thank you again, thank you guys for you know running us through the Idnith Deep Can. I think it's um always fun to talk about armies that you don't see a lot of times on the table. 
Uh, and sometimes when you do see them, you can get a little surprised. You're like, okay, what does this army do? All right, well, we're going to find out real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes it's good to have a little bit of foreknowledge going into it, especially if you find yourself on a Best Coast uh, pairing app against Lincoln or Sergio. Good luck. Have fun. <laughs> and, uh, you know, hide your, hide your kids, hide your wife. So, <laughs> you know, do what you can. Um, so I... Our, our, our main topic is kind of an extension off of the Idna Deepkin topic, and it's about list building. Uh, and I, I asked you guys to come on because I think you two approach list building very differently, but then you have some commonalities in it. And I want to talk about list building in general and then kind of work into, like, how is list building different in 3.0 than 2.0? So let's, let's start general stuff. Um, Sergio, let's start with you. How do you when you go to build a list? Let's say you're let's say you were going to start a new army. Let's say you were going to start a um, stormcast army. You know, um, what would you do to look at building a list? Like how do how do you approach that? I think you have to have something that can crack high armor. Okay. Um, the game is uh, currently uh, themed around monsters, like we were just talking about. So you uh, and those typically come with high armor saves, a ward save, but you're only talking about 18 wounds, and so um, you know you need something that can crack high armor. Uh, in 3.0, you don't need hordes. Um, having hordes was a big thing in 2.0, uh, yeah. with swamping the objectives. But um, you know, with giants being a big thing now. Stormcast with Stormkeep being able to count as more models, um, Beast Claw Raiders count as more models. You know, hordes just uh, that, I don't know. They just don't hold as much weight as they used to. So, um, I think to start off, you have to uh, find. I don't know. I guess you have to kind of decide what what. How do you want to uh, approach the game? Do you want to hold objectives? Do you want to kill things? Yeah. Uh, I think you have to start from there. So, so you would say um, your gameplay. You need to figure out what your gameplay is, and then kind of work work into your list from there, right? Yeah. Now, I mean, people will say that Age of Sigmar is an objectives based game. They're not wrong, <laughs> right? And um, I remember one of the big things learning when I was first starting was that I needed to play the objective, not my opponent, in a sense, right? Meaning that I, I don't need to go out and kill all of his models. Um, I don't need to go out and kind of, um, you know, just smash into his army, unless I'm probably orcs or whatever. But, like, I really need to play the objectives, right? And um, I think that's what helped me be successful uh, playing Night Hunt when they weren't very good in the meta, I still said, okay, I'm going to play the objective. And so I, I decided that I was going to really hone in on what they were good at, which was their movement, right, and their ability to get to where they needed to go. Uh, and so that, you know, I realized, okay, they're not a melee army. I, I shouldn't try to force them to be a melee army. So um, it sounds like you're... You're saying you should play the objectives, but like how how you play them shapes the way that you approach your list. Yeah, I think I think backing up, I think the way that I look at it is that uh, I think the meta shapes how you build your list. Um, if, specifically, if we're talking about uh, tournaments, or I mean, okay. I guess local metas is the same thing as well. Uh, 
if you're just playing with your friends, you still have, you know, that local meta between all of you guys. I think that's what should shape a list to begin with, because let's say you're trying to play, uh, I don't know, Sylvaneth. And so you're trying to look into the Sylvaneth's strengths and weaknesses. And so then you start going into the Sylvaneth's strengths. And then you find out that the Sylvaneth's strengths doesn't get anywhere with the meta that's going on around you. You're still, you're, you're just out of luck. And so I think that's where I start off looking like, what are, what am I most likely to face? Um, and how can I, uh, how can I beat that with the tools that whatever particular army I'm playing with has? Okay. Um, that's, I think so, that's where I start. The list so the meta, the, the question of the meta is what, um, what drives your basic questions in list building, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have some. And and let you know, let's be honest. Your meta isn't just a local thing. Like it's you're talking national tournaments, right? Like, what's the meta at LVO? And so, I guess I guess you could say that your meta right now, Sergio, is like the North American meta, right? Because it's yeah. it's different than like Europe or Australia or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Lincoln? How do you how do you approach list building? So, um, it's funny. I don't mean to be. I'll tell you what. Meta be damned. I go for three or four threats, <laughs> and I try to dominate a phase. Right, three to four threats and dominate a phase. If I can okay. uh, dominate, let's say uh, deep kid for example. If I can dominate the shooting phase, if that belongs to me in the game, then I think that that's a phase that my opponent's probably not going to be playing in. Um, especially with deep kid, just an example. Right, I'm going to out shooting phase the shooting army. Um, so if I can dominate a phase and have three or four different threats, I think that that's a really well-rounded army to start with, and then just try to outplay my opponent. Um, that's pretty much what I'll do. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll always have at least three or four threats, things that don't need support, per se. They can go off and they can do a thing. I need to have three or four things that my opponent's got to worry about, where they're going and what they're doing, because then I can divide their army apart, and then I get that phase domination for me is kind of key. So I want to be better at whatever I'm doing and whoever I'm playing in at least one of those phases. And that may be the movement phase, right? It may be, you know, the magic phase. It may be a shooting phase. But if I could dominate a phase, um, it really goes a long way. That's a, that's a very interesting approach. Um, the, uh, when, does that work for every army that you, that you choose? Like, you know, I mean, you said you've got a lot of armies on your shelves, and I've seen them, so I can attest that you have a lot of armies um, available for you. Like, is that, I mean, does that work for a lot of your armies, being able to be like, okay, I'm going to play um, Ogres right now, and, like, if you were to play Ogres, like, what, what phase would you be looking to dominate? So right now with Ogres, I'd be looking to probably dominate. I would be taking Kragnos, probably. Uh -huh. um, and I'd be trying to do three to six charges with impact hits on four ups all the way across the board. So you're dominating the charge and like really the charge phase. Right. Charge and melee. Yep. Yeah. 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 Now, um, so this might be a chicken and an egg question here, but does your play style choose your army or does your army choose your play style? Definitely like army chooses my play style. I mean, I like to punch things, right? But I have a corn army, and then I've got a deep kit army, and they play very differently, right? Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't give up one for the other. One of my favorite armies to play at the moment is my Maggotkin, right? Yeah. And what do they do? They just outlast, right? They're not super punchy. 
um, but you're getting, you know, they're going to outlast you, and they're going to do that drip damage. You know, they're going to get you, but um, they're they're not really strong in any phase. I would say maybe the battle shark phase when your guys all die from disease. You know, <laughs> but um, but they are uh, just consistently hard to move. So I think all the armies play a lot of armies play very differently, and you've right. got to play that army the way it is is played optimally if you want to be successful, especially at tournaments with it. So, okay, so uh, you guys are playing a game in a local GW store or your local game store. I come walking in. I'm watching you guys play, you know, and I say, um, I'm looking for a new army. I want to compete, like, competitively in a tournament. Um, you know, where where do I start building my list? What would you tell me? Hmm. Right. I mean, the the right answer for the new guy who's wanting to play, as terrible as it sounds, is probably to start playing Stormcast because it is the Swiss Army knife of armies. You can yeah. really play it any way you want. That's that's one of the armies that you can play all melee. You can also play it all shooting. You can also play very heavy magic if you want to, yeah. especially with the new Magic Dragons. Right. Um, I'm not, not a lot of people are playing them right now, but they're pretty good. Um, I think that's a really, I mean, Stormcast has probably got to be one of the top three armies if you're starting the hobby that you yeah. should be considering. But Stormcast sure. has an interesting problem in terms of list building, and they have almost too many choices. Don't you think? Yeah, I do agree with Like, that. it's way too easy to build a very mediocre Stormcast list. Sure. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. But I can also build some really kick-ass ones, man. Yes, you can. <laughs> so, yes, you can. So, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, and the, the the problem I have, I, I mean, again, I think Stormcast is easy top three yeah. for a recommendation army. Oh, yeah. So you I, can I, very I easily make an army that nobody wants to play. I, I just I just wonder, like, <laughs> if I'm a new player and I come in, right, and I'm, yeah. I'm watching you guys play and I say, okay, I, I want to be able to compete. I, I've got money in my pocket to burn. We're, we're like, where do I start? Um, I think that you kind of hit your, you know, hit the nail on the head a little bit with the Stormcast stuff. You'd say like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Do you want a shooting army? Do you want a, you know, do you want a melee army? Do you want a magic army? Like, what kind of army do you want? And then you, you kind of build from there. So I think play style, right? Sergio, you talked about the meta, you know? And so it, knowing how the meta is right now, for example, in 3.0, if I were a new player and I say I want to compete, what kind of army should I put together? A shooting army? Like a melee army? What do you think? I mean, uh, shooting is always going to be king, uh, especially in AOS that, you know, it's a melee-based game, and shooting just beats melee. Um, yeah. So I'd say, I mean, uh, there's so many variables. So let's just say you put, away that, <laughs> you put away the aesthetics. You know, this person just wants to compete. We live in a time where you can just... We're, we're going to Google up some net lists for you, and then you can literally pick out of these these lists that we know are going to do well, and you can pick which one do you want. Do you want a melee? Do you want a shooting? Do you want tanky? Do you want fast? And yeah. then out of the shooting, which aesthetic do you like? And which one can you paint up better? You know what I mean? Um, Definitely. You, you know, it's just with the, you know, with all the information that we have in Honest Wargamer stats, you can, you can literally guide a new player to a, a surefire army. And you can tell them, you know, this is going to be hard to pilot. This is going to be easier to pilot. Um, and then, you know, I that's 
like honestly, I'm not I'm not like Lincoln. I just can't come up with a bunch of ingenious lists that do a bunch of crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I will take a list ten out of ten times and then mold it into my own after playing it a lot. Um, and so you, you know you, you're going to have two kinds of players. You're going to have one that wants a net list and one that wants to make his own list. But you can always give them a good starting point. Uh, yeah. With a net list, you know, I mean, everyone shares information nowadays, so there's not really who knows who started the very first list. You know what I mean? Right, um, right. You know, that's, you can... that's funny because I think there's there's a lot of derision about like, ooh, net list, and I and I wonder if that comes more from like the 40k community than the AOS community, um, because I remember seeing lists that people posted on Honest Wargamer, you know, on on his website, and talking to the person who posted it and being like. Dude, tell me how this worked, and they were like happy to talk about it, you know. And and I was like, oh, that's some interesting yeah. ideas, you know, like on on how to on how to do it. So I don't know if like, do you guys think that there's a stigma like in Age of Sigmar for using netlists? I that there is like a forty k. I think it's like an old versus new thing. Um, I'll give it a kind of a comparison to like a Diablo build. Right? Uh huh. For those of you that played Diablo, right? Like every if you're playing Diablo. Guaranteed, you're looking at the the latest A tier, S tier builds, right, for your character that you want to build. Yeah. Right, because you want to you want to play a character that's going to be optimal, right. So if you're going to go spend your your money, right, your hard earned money on a, on an army, you yeah. want it to be optimal, right. Um, it used to be right, 15 years ago, you'd go to the game store, pick the models you thought looked really cool, and then your buddy would do the same thing, and then he'd beat you. Right, you'd have to go spend more money to buy the models to beat him. Right, that's <laughs> right. you literally used to be. You would only play with half your army, right? And that's what GW loves. And now we've gotten to a place in in the gamer community where we're feeding off of each other, and uh, you know, it, unfortunately, it sells a lot of the same models. Right, you get a lot of the same builds. Right. But I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think for somebody that wants to get into the hobby, they want to play competitively, they don't want to play and collect and paint for three years before they come up with a power list, Yeah. then it's it's the way things have to be, and I think it's a good thing, man. I've got more people playing Warhammer now than, than I can recall for a long time. So. Yeah, I definitely think it's a good thing um, that, you know, we, I think the age of social media has definitely, like, you know, sped, sped up kind of the information sharing, obviously, that 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 takes place and i do think it's a good thing because you know nobody wants to go out and lose for two years right and try to figure out like you know and only hear well get good noob you know and (laughs) and and go from there right like nobody wants that and you know the fact is is you can have a net list in the hands of a rookie player and they could still go zero and three in an rtt easily absolutely you know because they just don't they just don't know uh enough about maybe the other armies or other players or tips and tricks and things like that but they do have the tools that they get there so all right let's say that i'm you know i've been coming to the shop i've been working out with my thing um and this is where i think both of you shine um quite a bit how do you now squeeze blood out of a stone, right? So I've got a pretty detailed, like I've got a pretty good list here, um, but I've got a full book, you know? And I think that this might have been a little bit easier in 2.0 because of all the different um, battalions and, and stuff like that. But we're still, we still have a lot of sub-factions with armies out there. Um, so how do I find, like, like what do you guys do to fine-tune your lists 
Um, let's start with that question. What do you do to fine-tune your list? And I think that's probably more directed at Sergio. And, and Lincoln, I've got a different question for you. Um, so for LVO, I was really uh, trying to fine-tune that final list. Yeah. And uh, I, I mentioned earlier I had tried out 30 Reavers. Uh, I had tried out 40 Reavers and 10 Thralls. And then I, you know, I, I realized I could just throw the Thralls away and add 10 more Reavers to 50 Reavers that have a screen. I'd have two big blocks of shooting. Um, and then I wanted Sharks as well. And so I kept on coming in 10 points over. And uh, so I had to find, I wanted four Sharks. I could fit two in one, and the, the points in, I didn't know they were a little bit funky, and so you just always have some weird points. And so I just started looking at allies, and I realized that uh, the new Dracoths that had just come out with uh, from the Stormcast, yeah. I couldn't fit in two Fulminators, but I could fit in two Concussors, which mathed out to be a little bit under two Sharks, but... It's, it's, it's exactly what I needed. I wanted four sharks. Instead, I ended up with two concussors and two sharks, which to the maths almost equaled four sharks. They almost did the exact same thing. Um, so that was a little bit of the fine-tuning I had to do. Uh, I had already had my buffs. I, I had the whole list in place, basically. I was just yeah. getting down to the nitty-gritty. What is the last 250 points am I going to spend on? What's the most I can get out of it? And... When the in the list that I had with fifty reavers, I had I had weight of dice, you know, I had the eidolon, the turtle, and the sharks already doing negative two rend, uh, three, four, and you know, two damage attacks, and so I just needed some mortals, and the concussors slotted right in for there because uh, on sixes to hit they do two mortal wounds. Now they don't have a ton oh, nice. of attacks, and they are at peace; they can die, but that's exactly what I needed: a little bit of mortals. Some good survivability to be a screen if I need them to. A throwaway unit. Um, they just slotted in perfectly. So that's what I was trying to get down and to. And uh, breath weapon, right? So as you're shooting too. So. Exactly. Those are more mortals right there too. Yep. Yep. So that was the, the, the fine-tuning I was trying to do for LVO. But Lincoln said it earlier where you want... I wanted multiple threats. Mm-hmm. I wanted different types of damage um, to be able to handle different types of situations because uh, Thunder Lizards reduces damage by one. Right. And so they were a bane to uh, dragon lists and to, you know, big damage lists. So, but Reavers would mulch them with all that one damage attacks. Yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to punch through high armor with minus two red and mortals. And so I had, you know, six different threats in the list, different types of damage, mortals, rend, speed. Um, and then with high tide, it acts as a defensive ability as well. And so I was... I could position how I wanted to. The list just came together to everything that I needed. So that's how I looked at it. I remember sitting at home looking at your list on my couch while you were in Las Vegas and thinking to myself, Sergio, that's a really good list, man. (laughs) (laughs) Really, like it's an excellent deep kit list for for serious. It's a really great list. Yeah, there was no, uh, what's the saying? There was no fat on that. There's literally no fat on that list. I hope it's as good in 3.0. We'll see, huh? Yeah, so we'll see. so when you are coming up, I mean, you are going through the points, right? And you're like, how do I squeeze as much value out of these points? When you're doing that, what kind of value are you looking for? Are you looking for like, you know, I know some people are looking at like wounds per points, right? Like, you know, uh, 
you know, it's it's ten points for one wound, or you know, sometimes I mean, I'm making numbers up here, but um, mm. you know, they look at the the points per wound. They're looking at the damage per points. You know, like kind of the DPS, I guess, of of the model. They're looking at like maybe the movement per points. Like, do you break it down into that kind of math, or are you just kind of looking at how like it complements your army and if you can fit it in points wise? Like, what would you say your guys' approach to to that kind of sort of math hammering a little bit is. Uh, I was, uh, I guess one math hammer that I was doing a lot was uh, how much average damage does one unit do to a three-up save? Okay. And Because uh, the three-up save is just the baseline for everything in AOS 3 now. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, two sharks in Futhane were doing 13 damage to a three-up save. And that's just, that was just the baseline I was going off of. Customers were doing like 11. The turtle was doing like 16 and it wasn't no, it wasn't a number that I wanted to, uh, like a total damage that I wanted to hit, but I just wanted to know how much a unit, how much damage was a unit going to do on average whenever it was coming across the average save. Um, right. That well, as far as damage goes, but uh, you also want to know that these, these units are all playing their role. Um, you need a screening unit. So, you know, and Deepkin has an excellent screening unit in Echelon Guard, but they're 155 points and, it's a screening unit, so it is going to die. So I just figured that I could throw in, uh, you know, one unit of Reavers for 115, and that's going to die as well. And so I didn't, I didn't see the value in having uh, an Ishalon in there. Right. So that's just yeah. an example of how. And those Reavers are going to get to shoot plus one hit, plus one to wound when they do get charged. You know. Exactly. So yep. Yep. So good, good stuff. Yeah, yep. For sure. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Lincoln? Are do you like are you math hammering this a little bit? Are you like like what like how how are you approaching it? It's so funny that I just think that we're more of the same than we are different. I'm thinking about what Sergio said. And then I <laughs> when I make my list, right? Honestly, every time I'm over points. Yeah. And so when I'm over points, I'm thinking to myself, okay, what can I get rid of and get something that's almost as good, right? Yeah. Which is essentially what he was saying when he was going through kind of the sharks for the two concussors, right? Yep. yep. And so I will, I, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at making a great list. And like I said, it's usually like 25 to 30 points over. <laughs> so, so then I've got to take that really great list and I've got to figure out how to make it great. I don't want to break it, right? I need to keep it strong. And so then I'll try to I'll find, you know, like what, what is this, what's this, you know, what is, What's right in that sweet spot of not being something I can't live without and not being something that I have to have in my army, you know? So um, I'll pull it out and I'll put it in something that's almost as good that fills that same role. And uh, hope I'm a few points down so I can get my uh, my triumph, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... Um... That's, I think, I think for me, list building, um, starts with just throwing some ideas together, right? Where I'm like, hmm... Uh, let's, let's throw, like, you know, if I'm, if I'm approaching my orcs, for example, I'm like, okay, well, what, like, what's a wish list? Let me throw a Kragnos, two Maw Crushers, right. you know, like, like three units of Brutes, uh, some pigs in there, and you're like, oh, I'm at 2,800 points here. Okay. <laughs> you know, you're like, okay, well, right. which one can I drop, you know? And you're like, okay. And so, you know, you, you start to kind of play around a little bit. You're like, oh, 10 Ard Boys is not the same as five Brutes. You know, with yeah. the gore hackers, because like they're they don't have as good a rend. In fact, the 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 um, Ard boys don't have any rend anymore. Um, and so you're like, oh wow, like they they're just not nearly as good. They may have as many wounds, 
but their damage output has like been completely nerfed. You know, so you're like, well, what good are these guys when I can have five five brutes essentially for the same as like ten ard boys, right? So, yeah. Um, so you may be like, okay, well, you know, the ard boys are a little bit cheaper; they're like ten to twenty points cheaper. But is that worth it? You know, like because you're they're like very one dimensional. Okay, they've got you know ten guys in there with uh, four shields that give a six up ward. Okay, cool. Like that doesn't really do much compared to, you know, five brutes that can eat a unit easily, you know? I mean, I had I had five brutes with gore hackers that were taking down ale, those ale guzzler, ale guzzler um, giants, uh, yeah. giants, like, easily. Like, just done. Like, it's gone. And, uh, like, three of and because of the smash and bashing, he, like, they deleted three ale guzzlers, guzzlers in one turn. You know, and the guys playing against us like, what happened to my giants? <laughs> <laughs> they fell over. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Like, you know, when you're when you're kind of trying to squeeze out blood from a stone, I think the points have to come in there, right? And you're always looking at the you're always looking at that points, and you're like, all right, I'm ten points over. That's the worst feeling, by the way, don't you think? <laughs> like, you're like, Absolutely. I'm I've got the perfect list, and I'm ten points over. Like, right. the, oh, the, it happens every the, time. It doesn't I matter what it. army you play. Right, I've got my son, he plays 40K, and he's like, Dad, the only thing he doesn't like about Age Sigmar is the fixed points for the units, you know? He's like, because in 40K, I could just take nine guys instead of ten. It'd be the same, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, nah, you got to have ten guys. It costs this much for a unit, you know? And um, <laughs> I I see, because I played Warhammer Fantasy before when you could give, you know, magic weapons. You can take, you could have a little, run 11 archers if you wanted to, regular extra points. Right, and now the units come in fixed sizes and fixed points, and um, I'm a fan, man. I like the new way of doing it. I really do. It's frustrating at times when you're over just a little bit, yeah. or under too much, which I've had. I've had that too, where I'm under like 80 points, and there's nothing good for 80 points, right? Um, that, that's worth taking in your list and ruining your battalion, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So um, I've had all that. Those things happen. I think, uh, generally speaking, take the stuff you know is good and then prune. Versus building from the top up and trying to get to your points. Take the stuff you want, and then prune off the fat. Yeah, that's a. I think that's a that's a that's a good approach. So, let me let me start from the beginning and see if I get this right. Right. Um, determine what the meta is, right, and what you what you might be fighting, and figure out what kind of army can counter that, right, so that you could be competitive. Uh, from there, determine like what kind of play style you like. Are you a shooter? Are you a movement guy? Like that type of thing. And then um, from there, look at the models that complement that style, and build out. Start to build out a list that's got you know all the wants and desires in there, right? You got like the combos, you got you know the different things, and then see where you end up points wise, and then start to trim it down. Is right. Is that I, is that your guys' approach? I think that's pretty close. I think that you know, I think what Sergio said about making a list to beat your beat your opponent. You know, I he's talking about building a list to counter the meta. Right. right? Yes. None yes. Of, none of us believes in list building against your buddy, right? You know, right. you know he's bringing, so you bring you know you bring the oil to his water, right? Don't yeah, do yeah. that, right? Yeah. But you should say I'm going to a tournament, right? I'm likely to fight. Um, high armor save monsters. What can I take in my army to fight against high armor save monsters? 
I'm not right. going to make an army list to just play against Tom, right? You know, yeah. uh, my friend yeah. Tom, right? Because that that just going to ruin your hobby and his, right? But mm. I do think that making an army to go against a specific meta, which is what Sergio said, is is a great thing to do. Yeah, I um, I was, I mean, I was just thinking about that. That, you know, uh, like with your list, Lincoln, you try all different kinds of stuff. Um, I know for myself, for some reason, I'll just be against ideas, and so I won't want to try it. And it'll take, and I can do the math, and I can see the, you know, the stats on Honest Wargamer, but I just won't like the idea until I put it on the table and I try it for myself. And so I would suggest doing that. Um, if you have a unit that you like, that you think is good, but maybe no one else is running it, try your hand at it. Don't be scared of, you know, going outside the box and just trying new things. And then when you're trying new lists, Talk to your friend, your opponent as well, because you don't want them to accidentally bring something that completely counters the thing that you're trying to try out brand new. <laughs> and then, you know, it just goes horrible and you're like, oh, this was a bad idea. You know, you want right, to, you want, of that one you data a, point. Yeah, right? you want a fair shot at it. Uh, so try different things out. You know, I didn't believe in Reavers until I tried them on the table. I didn't even like the Eidolon until I tried it on the table. Um, and so. Uh, yeah, I would suggest just trying as many different things as you can. You can uh, to, uh, you can use Tabletop Simulator now if you're into that kind of thing to try different units out, or yeah. just proxy everything. Like I don't, I don't, I've not encountered a single person at a you know for a practice game that won't let you let you just even bring an empty base of whatever you want to try out. I, I would suggest yeah. trying out everything that you can before purchasing, and there's just too much information out there to you know make the wrong buy currently for the meta that we're in or for, you know, just the times that we're in. So, yeah, that's what I would suggest. You know, I think you hit on a key point of the list building that um, I think often goes overlooked, which is the power of your local meta, right? And not just your local meta, but other local players. Because, for example, I honed in on my Night Haunt list that I took to Nova Open that I was very, or actually Las Vegas Open, that I was very happy with. Um, by bringing it to, you know, guild gaming and playing against Matt, playing against Nate, playing against Garrett, you know, playing against Jason, like, and trying out different things and being like, and asking them, right? Cause they're experienced players. Like, what did you think of my list? You know, like what, like what worked well, what didn't work well. I've got my ideas, but I kind of want to hear it from you, like as an opponent. Like, what was scary for you? Like, what was, what was, um, what did you think was like? I don't have to worry about that unit, so I'm going to ignore it. Like, why? You know, and so um, that helped me significantly in in honing my lists because I'm getting feedback from you know other players that that um, even if they don't know my army very well, like which they, they kind of did, but even if they didn't know my army very well, like they could just sit down and be like, yeah, you have like this group of 10 chain rafts. Like, I don't care about them. I'm not going to deal with them um, with the way that you played that, you know? So um, I think, I think getting that kind of feedback and you can, like you said, you can do it from your local gaming store. You can get it from tabletop and beyond. There's a, a bunch of AOS people that play all the time on, Table, uh, not tabletop and beyond. Sorry, <laughs> tabletop. Same that's our podcast. Fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, on tabletop simulator, right? There's a bunch of AOS players on tabletop simulator that um, will play. And I mean, I remember I played against um, Bill Souza on tabletop simulator, 
I said, so what do you think of this list? And he's like, yeah, it wasn't very good. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying it out, you know, and like it didn't, didn't work out so hot. So that's okay. You know, um, I think it was like an orc list that I was playing with and, and, uh, you know, I got wrecked by him so badly, but, um, it was good. It was, it was good to go through it and then get the feedback, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, definitely. I would suggest, um, getting feedback from as many different people as you can as well. Because if I'm playing Ideneth and I'm asking the entire group, you know, what do you guys think about this nitty-gritty little pick for Ideneth? You know, most likely no one else plays Ideneth. And these armies are so specific that you need feedback from someone who's either A, played against that army, or plays the army, you know? Right. uh, And and if you don't get any feedback, like, just speaking to new players, that if you're getting into these chats or into the, you know, the local scene and stuff, if you drop a list and everyone drops lists and in the chats and so if you get no feedback, just go on to the next chat and go to the next person and just keep right. on asking, keep on asking. And eventually you'll find someone like, you know, you two guys or Matt Barker or Nate Trentinelli who, you know, won't shut up about feedback that you're getting from these lists back. <laughs> and, and you'll, you'll find a group, you know, just find a good group of guys that you can get feedback from. That's, you know, I think that's yeah. a, a big part of it. The community is a big part of it as well. Yeah, and look, I mean, there are so many online groups. I'm I'm um, on a Facebook group with, you know, the Auric War Clans and stuff like that. And, you know, some of them are people just kind of goofing around a little bit. And some of them are posting, like, you know, their paint jobs that may or may not be good. Um, and some of them are posting lists, you know. And some of the lists are just not good. And some of them are great, you know. And uh, being able to ask the community, saying, like, hey, I'm about to go to a tournament. What do you guys think of this list? Um, you know, I, I want to try it out at a, a higher competitive level. And some people are like, okay, well, that combo doesn't work as well as if you did this. Or if you drop, if you split apart this unit into two, then you've got more flexibility, right? Like, it, like just having that community, I think, is so crucial for um, for uh, building the building the list. We had uh, we had a player, our buddy Jesse. Um, I remember he came out and played in his first tournament using Stormcast, and I think he was running just like a bunch of Liberators and maybe a couple of like um, Evocators, maybe, right? Like it, it just wasn't like a very good list. Like it, it was a it, it was a decent list in early AOS 2.0, but you know late AOS 2.0 it just wasn't as competitive, right? Like he didn't have any Dracolings, he didn't have any. Um, uh, sequiturs or whatever. And so, um, you know, he, he finished 0-3 of the tournament. He's just like, I don't know what to do. And so, like, man, we, we walked him through a lot of different options. Saying, like, here's, you know, if you want to get competitive with Stormcast, like, here are some options for you to do. Now, the unfortunate part is he had to go book, probably get a bunch of new models, you know. But um, if you wanted to be competitive, like, that's kind of where it was at. And, you know... Um, it's just a, it, having the communities, I think, key part of the list building. Totally agree. Uh, uh, Lincoln, I want to end. I want to end on one thing. I, I told you I had a question before. You come up with some zany lists sometimes, right? <laughs> like your all shark list. Um, you had a, a Nurgle list, I think I played against that was a yeah. little wonky. You yeah, know, just like the Storm Drake list. The yeah, the fourth Storm Drake list. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious oh man that was great um 
But yeah, like you come up with some pretty zany lists. Like, like how do you get there? Like how? So I'll tell you what. You so there? I got a funny one right now. Right, check this out. So I take stuff that I love. Right, sometimes, and I try to figure out how to break it. Right, and so I love a lot of things that people hate. How's that? Um, so I've got this list I've been messing with right now, and I'm getting ready to try it. I call it the Dwarven Slingshot. Right. <laughs> so so just just stay with me and listen to this. Right, it's kind of funny. Right. So it's, um, it's a two-drop list. I've got Krondis in it, which is a new model, right, that not a lot of people are playing, but he's pretty good. He gets, six, he gets plus three to cast, right, which is pretty awesome. Yep. One of his base spells that comes on his War Scrolls, he can pick an enemy unit. I think it's 24 inches away, and he makes a minus one to their save. Okay? Yep. When you're plus three to cast, that's probably going to go off. Okay? Um, he, also, uh, he also gets two spells. So I've also got um, Soul Screen Bridge in my list. I have a Rune Lord that I've given the um, Arcane Tomb, which he's amazing, by the way, because he gets Arcane Tomb, which means he can cast a spell. He can cast that endless spell if he needs to. He also has a curse right, that's built in, and he's my general, right? Um, and I've got an Assassin. I've got a Battle Mage. I have one unit of 30 Dwarf Hammerers. Okay. A unit of 20 Dwarf Hammerers, and another unit of 20 Dwarf Hammerers. Again, I told you the list is called the Dwarven Slingshot. All right? So the idea here is that um, I start the magic phase by uh, probably casting with, with the, my Rune Lord, uh, Soul Scream Bridge. Okay, so he'll take 30 Hammerers, and he's going to slingshot them across the table. Uh -huh. So they're outside of nine inches of my, my opponent. Okay, that's yep. kind of like the core to the list, right? Well, I have a Battle Mage in here. A Battle Mage has a base spell of um, Wild Form, which gives you plus two to your runs and your charges. Okay, so now I've got these 30 Dwarf Hammerers that are nine inches away, and they need a seven to charge you, Okay. Yep. Stay, stay with Not me. Not impossible, here, right? right? Stay, stay with me, right? It's, it's with dwarves, yep. hammer, hammerers, they have a musician, and that gives them plus one to their charge. Mm. So now they need a six to charge you. Okay? If I want to just rub salt in the wound, I can take Krondis, who can cast the realm spell, right, of, um, what's this, uh, Wings of Fire, which gives an additional plus one to your charge roll. Oh my gosh. So now I need a five up to charge you with 30 hammers. Okay, the rune lord on a one, on a two plus can make those hammers plus one to their rend, which means they're all rend two. Okay? And then Kronis is going to cast on your unit out in front, whatever it is, minus one to your save. I'm going to charge you with 30 <laughs> hammers that all swing through each other. What's going to feel to you like Ren 3, right? And all sixes to wound are mortal wounds in addition to the regular damage. Okay? And then, to, again, because we're all about rubbing salt in the wound here, right? My, um, my assassin can pop out at the beginning of the combat phase behind the unit, but within an inch, and they can pile in and fight a second time. Wow. <laughs> what do you think, Sergio? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. Uh, you have a lot of moving parts that have to... Right, right. There's a lot of <laughs> things that got to go, right? Yeah, here's but... the thing, right? But if even if they don't go, right, I still have Krondus, right, which is plus three to cast. Yep. 
I obviously need the Soul Scream Bridge to go off, but because it's a, it's an endless spell and I'm casting it with my Battle Mage, he gets plus one automatically because he's um, a, a, a Cities uh, caster. Mm-hmm. And Bridge goes off, I think, on a six, so he needs a five to get it to go off, right? Yeah. So very likely that um, that it's going to be going off. Turn, and I'm probably I'm a two drop, so there's a good chance I could be going first. Mm-hmm. Not guaranteed, but good chance that I'm going first. And so if it all worked out, right, it would be every turn I'm dispelling and recasting my Soul Screen Bridge, potentially, and I'm throwing units of dwarves upon your side of the table. For three, for th- literally for three turns in a row, right? With Karandis also running around and smashing stuff and casting on you. Yeah, what so, is the uh, armor save of the dwarves? Uh, dwarves have a four up base. Okay, that's a good armor save. Yeah, yeah, well, the thing I mean, is, there, there's nothing left, right? Whatever they're hitting is, yeah. there's nothing left, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, one yeah. unit's going to get 60 attacks. It's going to be hitting on twos with, with all out attack. Twos and threes at minus two, plus minus one to your armor save. With 60 attacks and sixes to wound do mortal wounds. They're gonna they'll delete a unit of four dragons in one charge. Is that uh, the the sixes to to wound do mortal wounds? Is that like a war scroll ability? Yeah, that is a war scroll ability for the hammers. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean so, the list. And I think that's another thing that we haven't talked about is that lists need uh, to make a good list. It has to have like a uh, a specific design. Like you have. You know what this list is meant to do. You're not just hodgepodging a whole bunch of stuff mm. together. You want right. it to do a particular thing, which is you got bodies to hold objectives. You have one unit you're slingshotting up at a time, and then you have the dragon to go around and flank or you know do whatever it needs to do. But you have a specific mission for your, you know, a specific thing your list can accomplish. And right. I think that's what you got to do with lists. You gotta, you gotta. You have to have a game plan and, and build towards that game plan. And, you know, maybe it's not the best one always, but that's a good place to start, you know. Right. I, I, and then that assassin making them fight, because in order for that assassin to make them fight, they have to be in your, opponent, your opponent's deployment zone, which is so funny because he pops out in the combat phase. So you're going to want to multi-charge, right, two units with that unit. But almost everybody into one unit and then pile in again a second time and just, I think it could be a turn one army. Which is really funny because you're doing it with dwarves. You're an alpha striking term. <laughs> dwarven, dwarven, dwarven slingshot, baby. Yeah. What, what gives them the uh, the pilot, the the second pilot attack? Um, that so it's the uh, realm ability for cities, for um, hammer hall. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Ah, so Sergio, I, I liked your point there <laughs> a lot about you know making sure that you you know and i don't know if it's like making sure that your army has an ability i think it's really like making sure you know what your army does well right like like what does it do well and play into that strength so if you've built a list around movement like make sure you're capitalizing on that movement and and lincoln i think you you really kind of hit home on this before right which is like you want a couple of threats and then to be able to dominate a certain phase and and i think that that's kind of where you're getting at right which is like what does this army do well and make like i need to make sure that i at least execute on that because i think that you can take any army out there even maybe you know like the the low tier beasts of chaos maybe not so much anymore but even the low tier beasts of chaos and like you know that like hey like this army summons really well okay cool well like maybe make sure that i know how to do that you know 
against my opponents really well to, you know, maximize their ability and get more out, like squeeze more blood from the stone there. Right. right. Yep. And so. I mean, the funny thing, right, is that, like I said, I love and take what I like and I try to break it, right? Like I can make a better version of this list that like throws a Stormcast unit instead of hammers, right? But in this case, I get to play something that people think are terrible. <laughs> yeah. Right? And um, and hopefully one turn them. You know? <laughs> it could be awesome. You know, what's so funny is I guarantee you that if you went to the tournament with, I would say, like 90% of the players there would see your list and just be like, okay, this is going to be an easy game. Right. That's you know? my, fa- my favorite kind of Warhammer, I'll say it again, is to take something that everybody hates and then, you know, they think it's terrible and then beat them with it. That's the best thing, man. It's my favorite thing. Lincoln is very anti-meta. I love anti-meta stuff. Yeah, it it works though. Like, you know, you're gonna run into the meta a lot, but then, I mean, you're there's out of a pool of 170 players at like LVO. Right. You know, you're gonna see people are don't know what you're gonna do, and you're gonna have an advantage with them. Like, you know, just on that. Anti-meta works just as well as playing into the meta. Right, yeah, for sure, for sure. I agree, hundred percent. Well, it's because, like, you know, like, I, you know, how often have they seen those units? Like, do they even know their war scrolls? Like, do they, you know, like, right. they're like, I don't know what. <laughs> what are hammers? You know? Yeah, exactly. You know, and like right. those, those were always the worst games for me at the tournament. I remember, I, uh, we didn't have a lot of Seraphon in our meta, our, our local meta, right? Right. And right. so yeah, right. when I went to LVO, I faced Seraphon for the first time. I got wrecked. Like, I, I did. And, and, like, the player who was playing, like, he'd been playing Seraphon for a long time. So, like, he really knew how to, like, maximize his army. And so I'm just like, I don't I don't know what to do here. I don't know what his counters are. I don't know, like, like anything about that. And so I didn't, I didn't do good. And to this day, like, I just don't do well against Seraphon. Like, it's so stupid. I should do just fine against them, but I don't do well. Because I think I've, like, got it in my head about, like, Oh man, like they wrecked me that one time, and they're really good, and I don't know, and I don't think they're actually that good, but <laughs> you know, like, right. well, like you know, when I made it, right, I was thinking, what I'm, I want something that can go against heavy armor, it can kill monsters, right? Yeah, like that unit, even without all the buffs, with the two rend plus one more for the armor save, right, is yep. going to kill giants in one charge easily, right? And there's not a lot of things in the game right now that can kill a gargant in one turn. Yeah, right. Right. right, and this 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 list will absolutely kill a Gargan in one turn. If I double turn him, game's over on turn two. Yeah, like, it's over. Yeah, very good. Fun stuff, man. Yeah, but yeah. I like those funny lists, man. I like them. Well, uh, I encourage our listeners to like go out and just have some fun. I mean, that's one of the best things I think about um, Age of Sigmar is that uh, War Scroll Builder. Do you guys, when you guys are building lists, do you use the Warhammer app or the War Scroll Builder? I use the Warhammer app. Yeah, I do too now. I do too now. I think it's just much easier visually to see it, right? I think the war with with like the way that um, reinforcements and stuff works, yep. the War Scroll Builder app like just isn't as uh, useful as it used to be. Yep, I, um, I do the um, AOS reminders. I'll take that a lot of time, especially when I'm learning an army. Uh-huh. I'll go on AOS reminders and I'll put on the units and all the you know the abilities. So then I'll uh, my first game like playing my Maggotkin. I went through the, I'm playing with my opponent, I'm going down through the pages, making sure that I don't forget anything. And now I'm like, right. my third or fourth game, I still printed it out and took it with me, but I didn't look at it one time, right? Right. For the moment, I mean, 
maybe as a reminder every now and then, but for the most part, I'm not playing with it anymore. But I think AOS Reminders is fantastic. It really with, is. With your list builder. It's great. Yeah, it really is. That um, that definitely helped me um, early on when I was starting to play like a 2,000-point army. Like when you're playing a 500-point army, like it's kind of easy to remember what you're doing, right? But when you got a lot of moving pieces, like it's, it's hard to remember everything. So those uh, the AOS Reminders is a fan, fantastic thing. So anyway. I will um, say that the, um, yeah. the War Scroll Builder... Uh, I do use the app more now because I like, like I said, like you said, I like seeing, I like seeing the list and uh, yeah. But uh, the War Scroll Builder definitely has the best uh, output uh, as yes. far as like the list, and yeah. because the Warhammer app just doesn't even give you the option to put uh, certain abilities that you need to pick from, um, and uh, War Scroll Builder also gets updated way more frequently than the app does as well. Still to this right. day. And so, oh, that's it, has, it definitely has its uses. Um, I do like the app. Yeah. Better, though. Yeah. Uh, I know the app did fix its output, right? Like the first time I did an output with the <laughs> app, so I was terrible. like, what am I looking at? You know, and it was so, it was so funny because I shared it to Matt Barker, right? And I hit it and I'm like, I am so sorry. Like when I put it into the chat, because I'm like, I don't even know what this is. You know, <laughs> like, it doesn't even make any sense. And so, um, uh, it's gotten a lot better, uh, but I think you're right, Sergio. Like, uh, there's still some there's still some lagging bugs with the app that that make it a little difficult to um, pick out. Like, I know, like I think the arcane tome doesn't let you choose out the spell or something yeah. like that. Yep. For, you know? for stormcast, you can't pick if you're a um, scions or stormkeep. Yeah. Just it's, little details yeah. like that, you know. It's got bugs. And the other thing is, once you make a list, you can't go back and change the subfaction. Oh man, that is so annoying. It's really annoying because I got to go make another version of it. You know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. I'm going through it and I want to figure out which one it is I want, and or I want to make a version two of it. There's no way to duplicate your list, right? Yep. To make yep. a second copy of it. There's, yeah, it's yeah. not perfect, but um, I really do go back and forth. I use the reference a lot to go look at my yeah you know, for other armies, especially when I'm playing somebody else, somebody new, like at the shop or something. I'll go and I'll look and see what are the battle traits in the army. And a lot of times I'm reminding them, right, about what they can be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have access to everything. So I think the AOS app is actually, Stormforge is really good, man. I think out of the gate, AOS app was a better success than the 40K app. For sure. Uh, that 48 cap, I think, yeah. really tripped out of the gate. I think yeah. AOS, AOS may have stumbled a little bit yeah. because it yeah. wasn't, like, 100% ready, but... Um, I think that it's it's gotten much better and it's yeah. much easier to use. So I still use Battlescribe for yeah, 40 definitely. So well, thank you guys for jumping on this podcast with me. It was um, great to have you here. And um, Sergio, you raised your hand. Do you have a question? No, I was just trying out the button. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you joined us tonight, Sergio. It's been a while since I talked to you. Uh, Lincoln was here until he just left. So. Um, I just, yeah, I, just I don't, I don't, know, what, like, I don't know what happened to him, but uh, yeah, leaves early. yeah, I guess so. Maybe his dog started barking again, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, thank you for joining us, everybody. Thank you for listening to us. Um, we love putting out this Warhammer stuff. If there is something that you would like to hear from us or someone who we'd like to hear from, you know, uh, we would love to go out and find that guest, bring him on, and talk about some of the topics. So find us on Facebook. We're, you know, facebook.com slash tabletop and beyond. We're on Twitter, too, at tabletop and beyond, Instagram as well. And uh, we also have our website at tabletopandbeyond.com. 
So leave us a message, uh, like us, give us a comment, share it with us. Uh, you know, we, we, we definitely want to put out content that you guys are interested in and uh, get great guests on like Sergio and Lincoln. So thank you again, Sergio, for jumping on with us. Thanks for having me and uh, Lincoln too. Uh, maybe we can reconvene <laughs> after the new book drops and we can talk about it all over again since a lot of the first half will be irrelevant in two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, I, look, I mean, I think uh, if it's anything like the Oryx book, right, like some things changed, but a lot of the army still kind of stayed the same. Right, right. So yeah, um, they just made it more 3.0-y. Yep. You know, so it'll be interesting to see. And I definitely we're going to need to reconvene and, and go and go through some stuff. So cool. very good. good. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you to everybody who's listening, and you all have a good night.